So it's Tuesday morning. I'm at Wimpy Head Office preparing. And I find myself becoming incredibly emotional around this message for today. It's a message that I've had on my heart for for three years now. And now every now and again I look at it and I really believe that the scripture today is, is for us at a time like this. And, and so I'm sending you this quick voice note, this quick video, just to say, guys, I, I, I've been praying today that this message wouldn't be a Daryl message, that it would be a message that God's word speaks into your heart. I'm sitting at the table here with little birds. You see that? Just having a God moment here. Having a God moment. Realizing how, how short life is. Saw mates on the highway. Coming back from dropping my kids at school. I send him a voice note. He, he replies to me. I want you to listen to the voice note that he sends to me. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Yep, I saw the GTI as soon as I just passed it and uh, well I just went past an accident just just happened now by Snake Road literally just happened a taxi and I see a motorbike and another car goodness me um, thank you so much uh, you must also have a lacquer day and hope to ride with you soon take care I didn't see what bike it was but uh, he looked fine it's just a taxi went into the side and it's looking like it's standing half skew and maybe a car went into the back of it but otherwise yeah i passed i couldn't see actually what's going on but your yeah, life is short that's why we make the most of every second and by the way we're expecting a little boy you found out on saturday so that's really a blessing because i've been asking god so much every night if i can please just get a boy and uh yep my brother has got two daughters he's been trying for a little boy because we're trying to take the JBD name further in the family. And I am the last one that can do that now after my brother <clears throat> with his two daughters and not having a son. So I am blessed with the boy. So happy days. I'm super excited. As I listened to that voice note early this morning again from that man in your church, just sharing how excited he is that he can carry on his family name how he can carry on the bloodline having a little boy I've been thinking about that word bloodline and how that bloodline is going to be carried on through this young husband who's about to become a dad in our church you know the dictionary says that a bloodline is a family who the who share the same kind of traits I thought that's incredible. Makes me think of the bloodline that we as Christians live with when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, when we acknowledge that He died for us on the cross, and that because He shed His blood for us, we too can enter into the bloodline of Christ. And you're quite right, friends, because Jesus wants everybody to be included in that bloodline. 
But the choice is yours. You've got to decide whether you want to accept the blood of Jesus for your life and, and inherit the bloodline of Jesus Christ. But I've been thinking about us as a church. I've been thinking about us as Christians. How, how do you and I extend the bloodline of Jesus Christ? How do we as Christians show others the, the family traits of our bloodline as Christians? And, and so this morning we're going to look at a story from Peter's life, how he extended the bloodline and, and exposed somebody to the bloodline of Jesus Christ in an incredible way. You can turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. If you're lying in your bed this morning on this very cold winter weekend, I'm probably in my bed as well. Just grab it from your bedside table because, friends, the gospel today, I trust, is going to change your heart and my heart as we share this story about Peter. Remember this oak? He's been helping us deal with some lessons in life, life lessons in lockdown. Now, that was a tongue waggle this morning. Life lessons. This oak, he learned some. He was the guy that fell all over the place. But he got to a place in his life where he could stand fast in God's grace and in God's promises. And so I want us to read about this story that uh, we found in Acts chapter 3. We're going to unpack it together. Pete has put it on the screen as well. Thanks, bud. You're a champion. Let's read. One day, Peter and his mate John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer three o'clock in the afternoon so they're walking up to the temple let's just imagine it's a hot summer's afternoon and for many people they would be going up to the temple wow well it's the right thing to do three times a day people would go up to the temple they'd go in the morning they'd go in the afternoon and they'd go in the evening and, and for many, I guess it became a, a habit. Well, it's three o'clock. We've got to go and pray. For many people, I think they did it out of a, a, a place of religion. Well, I better go. It's the right thing to do. But when I look at Peter, James and John, and today we're looking at Peter and John. Why did they go up at three o'clock for the prayer meeting? They didn't go because they had to. They didn't go because it was expected. No, friends, Peter and John went up because of a real radical relationship with Jesus. They were going because they were on fire for Jesus, because they'd given their lives to Jesus. And it was out of a sense of passion and joy and excitement that they were going up to the three o'clock prayer meeting. And I couldn't help but think about us as a church. When? People are asking me, when, Daryl, when are we going to get back together again in church? We had a meeting as a team on Zoom Wednesday night, just deciding again, how, when, is it possible? And so for now, we, we feel that it's not possible for us to get together. It wouldn't be wise for us to get together at this time. But when are we going to get together? Is it going to be in the hall? What is it going to look like? When, where, how? Let's just think back to the hall for a couple of minutes. Incredible, almost three years 
that we've been in the hall. Think back to what we call set up on a Saturday. Some of you have been part of that. We used to call it sweat up. People used to just come. Unroll cables for the sound. Sort out the bathrooms. Do Freedom Kids stuff. Unpack things from that small storeroom with those funny, silly, stupid stairs. Sweat up on a Saturday. And I used to say to people, but you're not on the list. Chet hasn't put you on the list for today. Mate's just come in his beach buggy. I remember another guy coming on his KTM, making that bark holy. He used to burn the hell out of that thing. And I used to say to these guys, why are you here? You're not on the list. No, we're just coming. We just want to be here. And then Sundays in that hall. Sunday fun day. Incredible to see people sitting on a on a plastic chair that the setup team had put out and wiped just a half job because we didn't do a proper job it's not santa so we used to just dust the chairs people used to sit on those hard plastic chairs allow the gospel to speak into their lives it was incredible i think back to how people used to worship jesus in that school hall was unbelievable and then sat down where we used to take everything and put it away. Those were the days, eh, friends? Prayer meetings that we used to share. Testimonies of what God, what God did in that school hall. Unbelievable. Anyway, I'm getting carried away, so let's just get back to our story here. It's a hot summer's afternoon, but Peter and John are not going to the prayer meeting because they have to. They're going because they want to. Friends, when we get back together in the school hall, let's trust that people are going to come, not because they have to. Don't come because you have to. Come because you want to. Come because you're excited to stand next to your mates and praise our Heavenly Father. And where you allow the gospel, doesn't matter who's preaching, doesn't matter who's the messenger, it's about the message that gets shared on a Sunday fun day. Come with that attitude. When? And I don't know when, it's a big when, when we get back together again. Back to our story, verse 2. As they approached the temple, Peter and John are walking. A lame man was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Very clever, hey? When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them, for some money this man whose name we don't know a man who was lame from birth was carried there every single day and it's not the first time that peter and john are walking into the temple they would have seen this man on numerous occasions day after day after day he was there outside the temple gate but this day Today was the very first time that Peter and John engaged with this man. Turn with me to John chapter 10 quickly. There's something very interesting that I want you to see in John chapter 10. Look at verse 22. Have a look there what it says. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter like us in Benoni. Winter time, Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. Interesting, eh, friends? Jesus 
was walking in the temple courts, Solomon's colonnade, Jesus would have walked past that lame man lying at the gate. And you're asking, okay, but then why didn't Jesus heal that man who was lying lame at the temple gates? What, what happened? Why didn't Jesus heal him if he walked right past him? You know what I think, friends? I think that that lame man never engaged with Jesus. Because every time I look at stories in the Bible, every time people engaged with Jesus, he responded. Every single time. And I want to say to you today, if you're watching this all alone in your room or with your family, and today you sense that you want to engage with Jesus, then right there, from the bottom of your heart, cry out to Jesus and he will respond to you. But there's something else, friends, around this story. God sets up appointments in our days, God moments, where I think God wants you and I to engage with people around us and show them the bloodline. Of our Savior Jesus Christ showing them some of the character traits of our Heavenly Father imagine for a second you're on your way to church and you pass that robot specific robot every single day there's a beggar there but today today you engage with that beggar today you look intently at the beggar today is the day where there's an opportunity that's never come up before or how about this one some of my mates ride bicycles. Some of them like to ride two abreast. I know Radical Rod does as well. And so you're riding perhaps two abreast. There's no cars. You're riding along a straight road. And today, you're riding next to someone. You've been riding with him for years. But today, you're engaging with him. And you're having a conversation where you know that you know that you know. It's a God moment where you can show some of the character traits of the bloodline of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Or maybe you're in the factory this week and you're engaging with a colleague. You spend 8, 10, maybe 12 hours a day with this colleague. But today, you know that there's a God moment where God wants you to engage with this person and show this person the bloodline of your Savior, Jesus Christ, what are you going to do? You walk past someone in the passageway in the office and you just have a moment. You know that you know it's an opportunity. It's a God moment. What are you going to do? Or maybe there's one here. You've been dropping your kids off and picking them up at school and you see that parent picking their kids up too every single day. But today, today, you engage with that parent. Today, you look at that parent and you know that you know that you know God wants to use you to show the bloodline of His Son Jesus to that person. What are you going to do? And remember, friends, these moments are not just everyday moments. These moments are not just everybody moments. No, these are specific God moments that He sets up for you and I as his sons and daughters. What are we going to do? How are we going to show the bloodline of our Savior Jesus Christ to people who he brings across our path? 
I, I spoke to somebody this week. They said to me that they were visiting a family. They were standing with this family in their driveway. They'd never met them before. And there was a beggar at the gate. And this family whose home he was visiting says to me that the, the family didn't see this beggar. And eventually the beggar walked off down the road. This man says he's, he felt so convicted to go and pray, to go and find this beggar. And he drove down the road, not necessarily giving this beggar anything, but just saying, God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Let's see what Peter did at this opportunity, this God moment that came across his path. Have a look at verse 4. When this lame man saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him. They looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. Look at us. There's compassion there, friends, from Peter. Look at us. The layman looked eagerly at them, expecting some money. But Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But that which I have, give I unto thee. Silver and gold have I none. Friends, I want to say the solution to this crisis that we are facing right now is not money. The solution to this crisis that the world is facing right now is Jesus, the one on whom we build our lives, the cornerstone, the rock on whom we stand and trust and have faith in. The solution is Jesus, friends. And when we build our lives on that fact, living with faith, that's how we're going to get out of here. And as Christians, are we allowing others to see the bloodline that we too live in, in God's family? Are we showing others too that they can become part of this bloodline of Jesus, Christ, my King, and your King? Silver and gold have I none, but that which I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, there's a word that I've been hearing over and over on social media and on the news. The world has been crippled. Economies have been crippled. Businesses have been crippled. Relationships have been crippled. Transportation industries have been crippled. Yeah? Then Peter took, looked, he took the layman by the right hand, verse 7, and he helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up. He stood up on his feet and he began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he walked with them into the temple. I want to say as your friend today, silver and gold have I none. But that which I have, that which I have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And I'll reach out to you as best as I know how. Not with a three-step plan to walk again. No, I'll reach out to you as best as I know how. 
with the word of God and the promises that we find in the Bible, friends. 2 Peter and 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, I have been sprinkled with the blood. I have been redeemed from a very empty way of life. He has given me an inheritance that will not fade away. 2 Peter verse chapter 2, I have been chosen by God. You have been chosen by God. We are a royal priesthood. Friends, we are a holy nation. And by His stripes, you can look at it, 1 Peter chapter 2, by His stripes, we have been healed. That is the bloodline that I'm talking about today. And so today, friends, with the little bit of faith that I have in my heart, just a little bit of faith, like a mustard seed, I reach out to you, Freedom Family, and I take you by the hand and I say, stand up. Stand up. COVID can't cripple God's people. Governments cannot cripple God's people. Economies cannot cripple God's people because Jesus Christ of Nazareth has overcome. And so I reach out my hand together with the church to you, sir, and I say, stand. I reach out my hand to you, ma'am. And maybe you've been pushed down again and again and again. Today I say to you, ma'am, stand up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I pray that God would make your ankles and your feet strong again so that you can walk. He jumped up. He stood up on his feet and he began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them say that with them he walks in with them praising god when all the people saw him walking and praising god they recognized him as the same man who used to sit at the temple gate called beautiful and they were filled people were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to that man what happened to that man they were amazed I want to be part of a church that actually isn't about the church at all. I want to be part of a church where, where it's all about what's happening out there and not what's happening on a Sunday. Because when God uses us in His God moments out there, friends, then people will come into church on a Sunday walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because they were sick. And God touched them and they've been healed. Because they were addicts. But through God's power, they living victorious lives. Because they were living in bondage, but now they've been set free. Because that marriage was dead. But now, through the power of Jesus, they're thriving. How come? Because somebody, maybe you, this week, took a God moment. And showed them the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Freedom Church, when we do that out there, tomorrow, this week, tonight, when we do that, everybody will be amazed at how beautiful and how powerful the name of Jesus is. Let's look forward, Freedom Church. Listen to me. I'm speaking to myself. Let's look forward to that day. When we will, as a church, walk into that tent on the piece of land that God has given us. 
with our family, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, educated, uneducated, single, married, divorced, where we will walk in together as a family, walking and leaping and praising God in Jesus' name. Amen.